You're listening to a teaching from Vineyard Church in Jacksonville, Florida. For more information on teachings and special events, visit us online at www.vcjax.org. That's vcjax.org. Now let's listen in. Let's look in Ephesians. We're, we're doing Ephesians. Are y'all, I hope you all are getting something out of Ephesians. There's, I, I mean, there's some good stuff in there. That's why I love Ephesians. It's just, there's such good spiritual truth or such good, we're actually into the practical aspects of, you know, we've learned to sit with Jesus and understand who we are in Christ. And, and now we're beginning to look at, here's some things. If we're in Christ, that's basically what Paul's saying. If you're in Jesus, in Christ, you're his righteousness. And based on that, in fact, this verse 25 starts off with, therefore, based on the holiness, the righteousness, who we are in Jesus, what he's done. Therefore, do, do some of these things. Because if I'm a follower of Christ, my life's going to change. Amen. Did y'all's life change when you came to Jesus? I mean, did you do different, think different, act different, hopefully spoke different? And, and, it's, and the, we're continuing that process. That's the transformation process. We're renewing our minds. Your mind doesn't just immediately get renewed when you become a Christian. It's a process. It's a growing thing that you walk through. You learn how to walk with God, how to hear God, how to do these things he's calling you to do. So he gives us some things, and we're going to spend some time in, this, in these few verses because there's just – I'm going to just read this passage, and you'll understand. There's so much here. Um, I told our group Tuesday night, it's like if we could just – yeah, we could just take these however many verses this is, what is there, like eight of them or something, and just meditate on them and walk them out. We'd be pretty good Christians. <laughs> we, we, we'd, we'd be doing pretty good. So let's look at it. Verse 25. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. You know it's okay to be angry. Did y'all know that? We're going to get back to this at some point in time. But it says, in your anger, do not sin. It's not okay to go to bed angry. You like that? Husbands and wives ought to remember that. That's why you, Kathy and I, we, we just refused to, to get into any kind of heavy, heated discussion after about 7 o'clock at night. <laughs> we literally, we just made a decision. We're... We're not going to do that because we weren't going to go to bed bad. You ever tried that? I mean, you just don't y'all, you just don't sleep good when you go to bed mad and angry. We're going to come back to that at some point in time. Don't and don't let the sun go down on your wrath while you're angry. Don't and in, the, in other words, don't give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing needs to quit it. Stop stealing. Still no longer. I'm adding in a few words here, but. Basically, you're getting the gist of it. But you must work. Instead of stealing, get a job. That's Bob's paraphrase. Doing something useful with your own hands. For what reason? So you would have something to share with those in need. In other words, it's not just for yourself either. We're to do this to help others out. Here's a verse we spent some time last week talking about. We're going to get back to it this week. Do not let any unwholesome talk Come out of your mouths. Y'all do good this week on that? <laughs> but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit 
those who listen, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of bitterness and rage. We need to remember that while we're driving. And anger, brawling, slander, along with every other form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ God forgave you. Can y'all see where we could just spend some time camping out in that passage right there? <laughs> Last Sunday, we focused on verse 29. I'm going to read it to you out of three different translations. In the NIV, it says this, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. The message puts it this way, Watch the way you talk. <laughs> Let nothing foul or dirty come out of your mouth. Say only what helps, each word a gift. The Passion says it this way, And never let ugly or hateful words come from your mouth, but instead let your words become beautiful gifts that encourage others. Do this by spreading words of grace to help them. Don't you love that? I, I'm going I'm to actually put in a little commercial break here. I, I don't know if that's what you would call it, but that's what I'm calling it. I had somebody text me a couple of weeks ago asking me, they sent me this video clip. It's about an hour long teaching about why the Passion Translation is a bad translation, and the guy that wrote it did this and this. And, and then they asked my opinion of what I thought. And uh, I shared with them in a short section on in a text. I watched literally about five minutes of video and turned it off because it was so critical and judgmental and just the attitude of this person was just was not godly. Let's put it that way. That was tearing this particular trend version down and this person down that that wrote it or did the translation. And I wrote back saying, to begin with, I only watched about five minutes of the video because I didn't like the critical attitude that this guy was sharing it with. And number two, if we understand the passion, y'all need to understand the reason I'm taking time with it. The passion translation, which you hear me quote often, is, is not a literal translation. Okay, It's called a paraphrase. The Message Bible is another one. The Message was written by a guy named Eugene G. Peterson. It was one guy that translated it, or I say translated it. it was, it's, it's taking the, what's there and putting it into modern language, but it's, it's more of a general paraphrase. It's not a word-for-word -word translation. There are scriptures. NIV does, is a word-for-word. -word. King James is a word-for-word. -word. It was just written 400 years ago, okay? So... What I said was the passion is not made. If I wouldn't try to go to the passion to prove my doctrine or prove my theology, okay? But it's great to read alongside other translations that are literal translations. Or I love to read it just like if I want to read through a book. It just gives you a good feel, a general idea of what's being said. It's good, easy reading. I, I love it. I encourage people to read it. And I, it just it saddens me. It reminded me of this guy. It was the same attitude. I can't remember his name now, but he, his nickname was given to him 
some people called him God's answer man. Others called him the Bible answer man. As I'm thinking, does God or the Bible, either one, need an answer man? Okay. I think they stand by themselves. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes we just need to be careful how critical we are of other people and other things and what's going on. And I, I, I'm stopping there. You got, you got my feeling on that? Good. Thank you. That was important. And some are wrong. Y'all are fortunate to be around somebody that's usually right. <laughs> and humble. <laughs> I hope y'all picked up on that. Humble. <laughs> we also looked at, let's move on, last week, Proverbs 18.21. And we talked about the power of words. And we read these verses. I'll read them to you. The tongue... And again, you understand when we're saying the Bible saying the tongue, it's not just it's not just talking about that little member in there. It's what the tongue does. It's the words that come from the tongue. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. The New Living Translation puts it this way: The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap its consequences. The consequences. Amplified says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who indulge it shall eat of the fruit of it for death or life. In other words, we have a, we have a choice when we're speaking. We're, we, and we went and talked last week, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that, but it, we have the choice to what we're speaking when we speak. We're speaking one of two things. We're speaking life or we're speaking death. And the question is, which one do we want to speak? And, and, and the, the, I even asked you all last night, do we really, because sometimes I think we read verses and they would like, yeah, that's good, or yeah. And I'm not certain we always believe what we read. And you all ever get that? It's like, if, do we really believe? I mean, do, we, do I really believe that the words I'm speaking, if I'm speaking to you or I'm saying something or I'm, I'm, we're having a conversation or I'm speaking to my kids or to my spouse, the words that I'm speaking, I'm either bringing life to that person or I'm bringing death to that person and to myself. I mean, do y'all feel the weight, the heaviness or the weightiness of that, of, 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 of the I mean, that's creation, isn't it? I mean, God spoke the world into existence. He created by speaking. In a sense, when we're speaking, we're, we're, we have a, this create because we're built, we're, we were made in the image of God. And so we have to, to this degree, this ability to speak life to somebody and build them up and encourage them, or we have the ability to destroy and tear down and hurt them and ourselves and others in the process of doing that. So I just, when I read stuff like that, I think, I mean, I've read that. How many times do you have a heard that verse? I mean, think you've heard it a hundred times, thousand times. Do we really believe it? I think if we did, we'd pay a little more attention to the things we're saying and what we're doing. This morning, last week, like I say, we looked at the more of the death part of it, and we kind of capitalized on gossip and you know the death and the destruction that gossip can do. I hope you all got something out of that last week. I'd encourage you to go back and, and listen to the podcast, pay attention to it. I'm hoping even this past week that maybe something stopped you from saying something because you heard that. Amen? 
That's, y'all don't understand that's why we do this thing on Sundays, right? One of the reasons is, 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 is sharing and letting the Word speak in. So this, this morning, I want to talk more about the life part of it. When we're speaking, in other words, our words can literally be spirit and life. We, can, we first hear God, and then we can speak what He's saying, and we can speak life into people. That, the power of the tongue has power for life. So we get to do that aspect of it, and that's, that's what I want to look at. It. And, and more from the perspective of we get to speak blessing to people and speak blessing over people, and speak blessing into people's lives. And, and literally, that's, that's the cry. I mean, if you're around people, are you all around people? Unless you're a hermit. <laughs> when you get around people, if you pay attention, it's, it's literally the cry of not just kids, but kids and adults and teenagers, I think especially teenagers, is the cry of their heart, to, to receive blessing from people, to receive encouragement and, and being built up and lift up. And, and it, it, it's, look at, I'm 70. I know you all find that hard to believe, but I'm 70 years old and I still like to get encouragement. I, I'm not too old to be blessed, not blessed out, but to be blessed, to, to be encouraged, to be lifted up. I, I like that. That's, and that's not being proud. That's not prideful. That's the way God made us. We're made to need and to receive encouragement and, and lifting up from people that are around us, especially people that are in authority over us. Pay attention to that. James says this, chapter 3, verse 9 says in the NFA, with the tongue... <laughs> With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes blessing. King James translates that, or translates as blessing, and Avi says praise. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. Notice that out of the same mouth, we can both bless and curse people with our words. And, and this scripture is talking about how if we're not careful, we can, we can with one minute be blessing God and praising him. And the next minute, we can, be, we can be cursing people out of the same mouth. Have, have you ever been riding down the road <laughs> and just be called up in worship? Y'all listen to worship songs while y'all are driving? Am I the only one? Yeah. And you're just, I mean, you're just going along, and you're just praising God and worshiping Him, and the next minute, <laughs> somebody pulls out in front of you, and, <laughs> and you go from just worshiping and praising God to thinking some bad thoughts. Hopefully that's as far as it gets. You don't give them a wave or anything. You know? <laughs> Out of the same mouth. I mean, how, seriously. I mean, how do? How can we go from? I mean, worship and praise to a second later. That's sorry, good for nothing. <laughs> Pay attention. Where'd you get your driver's license? <laughs> And have all these thoughts. I mean, it just that floors me that we can do that. But that's what it says. 
and we can bless victory. The word translated praise by NIV is literally the word blessing. Now listen to this. The word is the word, and it's pronounced eulogia, okay? The Greek word translated praise, have we got to that yet? Yeah. Translated praise in the NIV, blessing in the King James in that verse, I think it's verse 10, is literally the Greek word eulogia. Guess what other word we get from eulogia? Eulogy. <laughs> when we do, and this, and this is one of the thing, it, things that gets me about this, even this idea of eulogy. Eulogies are done where? When? At a funeral, when somebody's died, and we give these eulogies about people. And we're, what we're doing is giving praise and talking about this person, the things they did good, and how their character and how awesome they were. And we, we talk good about them and we praise them. And it's always amazed me. This came home to me so strong. God, this was probably 30 years ago. We were in our old building at Vineyard back over there off University Boulevard. And this, if I said the name, I'm not going to, but most of y'all would know who it was. But this young man, he was, I think, in his 40s at the time, and he died. And this guy was, if you knew him very well, was very, um, he was introverted, and he was that way because if you got to know him, he just really didn't feel good about himself. He had a very low self-esteem and a self-image about who he was. And it, it, and it was a, but he was a great guy. I mean, just he really was a, a good guy, a good guy to hang out with. But you, he just, he was just one of those kind of guys that he just, he just had a very poor self-image, okay? Well, we get there, and we do this funeral service, and, and I'm not exaggerating. I bet there were a dozen people that stood up and talked about this guy and what a great guy he was and how he did this and he did this and, and what a blessing he was to be his friend and be around him. And, and, and that particular time, I've been there many times since then, but for some reason, that particular service, it just it hit me like a like a... I don't know, like a stab or a jab in the chest and hit me. And it was like the thought that came to me is, why do we have to wait for somebody to die before we tell, say those words? I'm telling you, that guy, if, if I said it, some of y'all would know, that guy very much so needed to have heard those words spoken to him while he was still living. That's called speaking a blessing into somebody's life. That's called building people up and encouraging them. And we need to get better at doing that. I, I confess, I need to get better at doing that. That's, that was one of Kathy's gifts, and it definitely isn't one of mine. I have to work at it. But that's something we can all improve in and get better, better at. So learn how to do blessings, how to give a blessing to people. One of the best, very well-known blessings in Scripture comes from Numbers. It says this, Number 622, the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. What's the next word? Say, this is a key part, a blessing comes from saying. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace so they will put my name so they will put my name on the Israelites, and I will bless them. A blessing, what I'm keying on is this. In order for it to be a blessing, you have to say it. 
You have to speak it. You have to believe it and then speak it out. In other words, a blessing is not a blessing unless it is pronounced or declared and, and it includes praise in this person's life. So if I'm blessing somebody, I can't just look at them and go, I have this thought, man, he's such a, that's a, that's a great guy. He, he loves Jesus and he just, he, you know, he, he's kind, he's considerate and he provides for his family. I can sit there and have all those wonderful thoughts about him. <laughs> But if I don't speak them and say it and praise and declare that over this person, it's not a blessing. It's a blessing when I say it. Words can also give direction to life. James 3, 4, and 5 says this, speaking about the tongue. Take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by winds, they are steered by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot wants to go. We were just talking about ships last night, Rita and my kids, we're getting ready to go on a cruise somewhere down the road here shortly. And some of those ships, have you seen, I mean, they came out with a new one in the Royal Caribbean, and it is massive. I mean, massive ship. I mean, it's humongous, okay? But that big, massive ship is steered or guided by this little rudder on the back of it. And it steers it wherever the pilot wants it to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body compared to the rest of my body. I mean, what do you think a tongue weighs? Maybe a couple ounces? Well, compared to, you know, the 180 pounds or so that I am, <laughs> or so, <laughs> I used to be. <laughs> Compared to the rest of my body, this little thing, this little muscle, this little member is pretty small. It's a small part, but it can make grace boast. Consider, listen, consider what a forest is set on fire by a small spark. I used to watch these, like in California, and you see these massive fires that literally just burn hundreds of thousands of acres. And most of the time, those massive fires that just destroyed property were started by just some small little spark or by a campfire or by somebody that threw a cigarette over on the side of the road. And, and that little flame just set the world on fire. That's what they're saying here about the tongue. It's compared to a ship's rudder, and a ship's rudder does what? It directs the course of where that ship's going. Your tongue can begin to do the thing. It can direct the course of not only where you go, but in this idea of blessing, it can direct the course of the person you're blessing. Somebody should say amen right there. <laughs> In other words, we can set the course of lives, people's lives, for success, for, for, for moving toward God, for honoring Jesus, for becoming followers of Christ. We can set that person's course toward that, or we can set it on fire, like the tongue says here. We often do this with our children. Remember what we're saying. One minute you're praising, the next minute you're speaking down or you're cursing. If we're not careful, we can do that with our kids. We can praise them and then turn right around and tell them they're never going to amount to anything or you're just sorry. You're just good for nothing. 
We often do this with our spouses. That nobody's elbowing anybody here, but we can often do this with our spouses. We, can, we cannot bless our marriage and then turn around and find faults with one another in our marriage. <laughs> Husbands, I'm going to pinpoint you for a minute. Your words, husbands, that's, that's men, okay? Maybe I should get into that. Hus <laughs> Save that for the next sermon. Husbands, get me this, get, get this, okay? Your words affect your wife for good or for bad. Say it again. Your words to your wife affect her, either for building her up and encouraging her or for tearing her down. We need to learn how to bless our wife with our words. Number one, she needs your approval. She's given her life to love you and care for you. Instead of finding fault, we need to find good things, good qualities. Encourage those, build those up. If we're not careful, we can speak both life and death in our marriage. If there's one thing, maybe I can get through this. <laughs> if there's one regret I have is I didn't do more blessing to my wife than tearing down. I don't live in regret. One of the best things a good friend of mine told me when I lost Kathy, because I was having this conversation with him about the things I regretted that I did not do when she was alive. And he says, we have to treat regret like we do sin. You confess it and move on. Okay? You can't live in regret. But I'd say the top of my list of regret was not encouraging her more than I did was not speaking affirmation into her life. That was her love language that she needed. And I could have got better at it. Wished I'd have been better at it. That's my regret. Guys, you still have the opportunity if you're still married and with your wife. Speak blessings. Okay, learn how to do that. Amen? Listen, the Holy Spirit lives in you, and he blesses people. If he lives in you, he can come out of you and bless your wife. We need to learn how to do that. Wives, your husband needs your words of blessing. He doesn't need a critical spirit. <laughs> he doesn't need you nagging at him or tearing him down. He doesn't need you being negative. He needs you to bless him. He needs that. Okay, Your husband needs that. He needs that. He needs affirmation. He may try and look like the strong man and be the head and do all that, but he needs your encouragement. He needs your words of affirmation. That's called blessing. We can all do that. Every leaders, leaders can do that with the people they're leading. And the thing is, every one of us has somebody that looks up to us. Our kids, we can speak blessings to our kids. We can speak words of encouragement, lift them up, encourage them. And the scripture is full, literally full of, of teaching, not teaching, but 
full of examples of blessings, especially in the Old Testament where the patriarchs, would, before they died, would speak blessing over their kids. Let's look at an example of that. Genesis 27, we're going to see this example of where Jacob stills Esau's blessing. In chapter 27 of Genesis, there's a story where Jacob says to his kids that, are, that he's getting ready to bless. He knows he's dying. He's going to bless Esau. Who remembers the story? Rebecca was who? Isaac's wife. <laughs> and, uh, and she... In the scripture, it says she, she actually says she loved Jacob more than Esau, which is not a real good thing to be happening to begin with. If you have two kids, not to love one or especially show them more love than you do the other. But she did that. And so she hears about this blessing. And, and so Isaac tells Esau, Esau was a hunter, go out and kill, come back and we'll cook this thing together and I'll give you my blessing. I'm paraphrasing a little bit. In fact, let's just look at verse 4, 27, chapter 27. It says, he's telling Esau, prepare me the kind of tasty food I like. Bring it to me to eat so that I may give you my blessing before I die. Again, Jacob's mother, Isaac's wife, Rebecca, hears this conversation and she teaches Jacob, hey, Jacob, you're going to get that blessing and we're going to trick the old guy. Not a very good example for Rebecca, okay? But I want you to get the point of this of what this blessing is. Jacob, or Jacob has this conversation with his mom. What what if my brother is hairy? Remember the story? And I'm more fair complected. When I come and I do this and I'm trying to trick my dad, he's gonna know, he's gonna touch me, he's gonna know I'm I'm not Esau. Okay, so Rebecca tells him to do what? We'll get some skin from animals. We'll put that on you so you can trick your dad. Okay, again, not 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 real wholesome parenting style, but I want us to I want us to learn something from him. So Jacob makes this statement in twelve verse twelve. What if my father touches me? I would appear to be tricking him and would bring this would bring down a curse on myself rather than a blessing Jacob now this guy's a grown man at this point okay he's not some four-year-old child Jacob's saying if I'm not careful dad's gonna curse me instead of blessing me this kid understands say kid this adult child understands that the power of his dad's words can either bless him or curse him and he's fearful that he'll get the other that's how powerful these words are whether we realize it or not, our words carry weight. They carry power, they, especially with our kids. We need to learn how to speak to our children. And to, and to, and to, in other words, I, this would be my regret with my kids. <laughs> I'm telling you all my regrets, and they're still around. So guess what? I got time, and I've been doing that. <laughs> But I look back when they were children, I think I spent too, literally, that's, if I had anything to say, I spent too much time being critical to them about their lifestyle and the decisions they were making and the things they were doing. I, was, I think I was too much of a disciplinarian, okay? But I was a pastor, and these are pastor's kids, and pastor's kids, we all know, have to be perfect. And so you got to have a good example. And so... If anything, I was—I think I went the other way. Kathy and I both agreed with that in our later years as our kids were growing up. But 
it doesn't matter. Even at this point, we're going to look at that in just a minute. Jacob's going to be blessing an older. Uh, this he, Jacob, Isaac's going to be blessing Jacob, even though he's being tricked. But Jacob and Esau at this time are obviously old enough to be hunters and go out and prepare food. So they're they're at least young men. Okay, but they're not. What I'm trying to get you to see is they're not children. Often, again, we with our children, we're not careful. We can we can degrade them. We can you know make statements like you know why don't you you know are you just stupid you know why don't, you bring your report because they still do report cards now. I mean that was not one of my favorite times of the year. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I don't ever remember my dad saying, "Man, you make such good grades, Bob." <laughs> Fact is. I don't know if y'all remember this. In, in elementary school, they gave you a grade for citizenship. Y'all remember that? The biggest thrill of my life was getting into junior high where they no longer gave you grades for citizenship. I mean, that was powerful. I love that. But for some reason, I think my first grade teacher just set a trend, and the rest of my teachers just kind of followed along. <laughs> I never got great grades in citizenship. I, I know y'all find that hard to believe. <laughs> but, the, the, the point is, <laughs> I can remember my dad so, so vividly making this statement. <laughs> he said, <laughs> it was kind of along the lines of, you can't help it if you're stupid when I bring my report card home, <laughs> but any dummy can behave. Y'all ever said that <laughs> or heard that? <laughs> that wasn't a blessing. Okay, I'm just giving you an example of things that you should not say to your kids. You might be trying to encourage them in a different way, but we often do that. Why can't you make better grades? You know, why, with kids that are in sports, why don't you hit the ball like so and so? Why don't? Why aren't you as good as your brother? Why don't you do this? You know, if we're not careful, you know, we you're never going to mount. I've literally I've heard parents make that statement to the kids. You're never going to mount anything. Guess what that is. That's called cursing. That's not blessing. That's not building them up. <laughs> and I'm, again, I'm not saying or teaching you can't correct your children. Obviously, you should, and you can, but learn how to do it in a proper way, in a positive way. Most children, here's another thing. Most kids get their idea of what God is like from their parents. Think about that. Most kids get their ideas of what God is like from their parents, especially from their father. What, what is dad like? What is God like? They get their idea of God's going to be mean and critical and belittling. If that's their idea of their father, they're going to grow up with a distorted view of God if we're not careful. Again, you can set the rudder of this person's life, especially children. You set the rudder of their life by the words you speak to them. A number of years ago, and my kids were older at the time, actually had grandkids at the time, we had a very, uh, we had no money. This was a number of things that happened. I think it was right after we had filed bankruptcy. We were broke, and Christmas is coming along. If you all know Kathy, she's very much, her love language was not only touch, I think she had all of them. That was hard for me. She needed words of encouragement, touch, gifts, because <laughs> she loved gift giving. And uh, But we had no money. And I very strongly, this particular Christmas, felt like the Lord said, this is what I want you to do. 
I want you to write down a word. Get a word from me and write down a blessing for each of your kids and each of your grandkids. And that particular Christmas morning, we gathered around. All the kids were over. We gathered around. And I let, read those words to each one of the kids in front of the other kids and spoke words of blessing to them. They were adults at the time, but I also did it with the grandkids. That was one of the most powerful Christmases I ever remember. And we didn't have money to give gifts. And every year since then, I've done the same thing. I don't always read it to them, but I write them out. I took my mother's place when, when it comes to Christmas, and I just give money. And... uh because I love shopping so much. <laughs> but I give them money, but I always on this card write out something. I tr Literally, I'll spend two months ahead of time, start thinking about it. God, give me a word for my kids. Give me a blessing that I can speak over. And these are my adult kids and my grandkids. Give me something I can speak to. Still do that to this day. But we can speak words of encouragement. We can speak words of, that uplift, words that are a blessing. Now listen, I just want you to get a, an idea of the, of the value that Jacob and Esau saw and understood and the blessing that their father was going to give to them. In 27, 19, it says, Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, I'm your firstborn. He's coming and he's lying to him, basically, I want, which is kind of fun. I want the blessing of God, but I'm going to lie to you to get it. I mean, there's a little mess up understanding here, wouldn't you say? Jacob says to his father, I'm Esau, your firstborn. I've done as you told me. Please sit up, eat some of my game, so that you may give me your blessing. Children, even adult kids, still want a blessing. Genesis 27, 28 says this. May God, this is what Jake, getting the names confused, Isaac speaks to Jacob. May God give you of heaven's dew, of earth's riches, and abundance of grain and new wine. May nations serve you and people bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may the sons of your mother bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed and those who bless you be blessed. Notice that Jacob's father is, is speaking and declaring great things into his life. Well, not long after this happens, we're going to, I'm going to move quickly here. Not long after this happens, Esau comes back, and he realizes that he's been dubbed, duped, dubbed, duped. He messed up, <laughs> missed out. And not long after, again, he comes back, and he realizes that Jacob's already deceived his dad. Now, listen to what <clears throat> Isaac says to him, verse 27, 33, and it says this. Then... After I it actually says in the NLB, Isaac the dad begins to tremble when Esau has come back and realized he's been deceived. Dad begins to tremble, it says here. And then he says this, then who is it who is was just here with venison? I have already eaten it and blessed them with an irrevocable blessing. In other words, the blessing he couldn't take back because he'd already given it. He'd already spoken the word. When, listen, here's what I want you to see. The next verse. When Esau heard his father's words, look what he does. It's a grown man. He burst out with a loud and bitter cry and said to his father, bless me too. Understand what I'm pointing out here. Understand, get the importance of the blessing of speaking into our kids or into everybody, speaking blessing into people's lives. Jacob or Esau at this point, and dad's already trembling because he realizes what he says. Esau says literally that he cries out, 
loud with a voice, and he burst out with his loud and bitter cry, and he says, bless me too. He, he knew the power of, of getting this blessing. I just want us to see there's power the, the, of the words we say. Jesus, is, I, I want to end right here. Jesus says this, very last thing, one of the last things Jesus does in Luke chapter 24, verse 50, in New King James, it says this, talking to his disciples, he's, he's, been, he's died, he's resurrected. Very last thing he's saying to them, he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands, and he blessed them. Jesus has been on the planet basically 33 years, three years in ministry, three years pouring his life into these disciples, three years doing all kinds of crazy miracles. And one of the very last things, now do you think, I would think in Jesus' life, if this is something he did, the last thing is probably pretty important. Do you agree? This is what it says. He lifted his up his hands, and he blessed them. Now it came to pass while he blessed them that he was parted from them and carried up into heavens, and they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. I just want you to see the importance again of blessing. Jesus with grown men, his disciples, the last thing he's doing just before he goes up into heaven is blesses them. He speaks blessing to them. He declares God's blessing over them and that God's face is going to shine. See, blessings are words of faith and victory. It declares God's goodness, declares God's favor on this person. This is how we bless people instead of curse. Amen? Do you think it's something we can learn? Think we can get better at it? I do. Let's stand up. I want to actually pray over you guys. There's power and authority when you have in a place of leadership and somebody's with your kids, whether as your pastor with you guys. You could be a teacher. You could be a business owner. You could be a coach. You could be any number of different things, but you have the opportunity to speak blessings over them. So I just want to encourage you. Close your eyes and Put, do the vineyard thing and put your hands up. <laughs> and I want to bless you guys. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, come. Dad, we just pray you take the power of your words and just speak it into our lives today. Lord, help us to receive, Lord, what you want to do. As your pastor, I want to declare a blessing over your life today. Some of you have had all sorts of negative things spoken into you, but I want to just bless you today. I bless you in the name of Jesus and declare that you are blessed with God's wisdom and you have clear direction for your life. I bless you with creativity, with courage, with ability, and with abundance. I bless you with a great family, with good friends, with good health, with faith, with favor, and fulfillment. I bless you with overflowing peace, 
the peace that only the Prince of Peace can give, a peace beyond all comprehension. I bless you with success, with supernatural strength, with promotion, and with divine protection. I bless your life with fruitfulness, good fruit, much fruit, fruit that remains. I bless you with success. You are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. I declare that any curse that has ever been spoken unto you, any negative or evil word that has ever come against you, in the name of Jesus, that that curse and negative word are broken now. In Jesus' name. Jesus is our curse bearer, and we roll those curses onto him. I bless you with the healing of all wounds of rejection, neglect, and abuse that you have suffered. I declare that you are blessed in the city, you are blessed in the country, you are blessed when you go in, and you are blessed when you come out. I declare that everything you put on your hands to do is going to prosper and succeed. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So you shall take his name upon yourself and he will bless you. Thank you, Dad. Father, thank you for the power of a blessing. Thank you for the power of your words. And we just pray that and speak that over everybody in this room this morning in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. And all God's kids said, Amen. Amen. Be blessed, guys. You've been listening to a teaching from Vineyard Church. For more information on teachings and special events, visit us online at www.vcjax.org. That's vcjax.org. 